Welcome to the official Dungeons & Dragons podcast. I am officially Greg Tito. You are officially... Shelly Mazenobel. Oh, I like that you brought your voice down a little bit. Do you like that? Yes, yes. This is how I'm going to talk now. We're going to talk this way for the entire (laughs) hour-long podcast. I'm holding you to it. You're going to do it. My (laughs) pigeon. Oh, I couldn't resist a You had to go right into that. I, it's all I got. See, I like the lower. I like the lower pitch. This I, one. Hi, yeah. I'm Shelly. I'm Shelly. We talk about Dungeons and Dragons this here. This is my podcast, boys. We roll the dice. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah? We roll the dice. That's our catchphrase. We make things happen. <laughs> Messing things up. Messing killing some bugbears. Sometimes we get hurt. Everybody cries. Everybody, Everybody hurts. hurts. I had it, and then I just nailed it. A different word. Nailed it. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited uh, for this podcast because we get to talk to Erin M. Evans. Not to be confused with Erin Evans. About her new book. Yes, uh, Ashes of the Tyrant. Yes. It's she a, has great titles, great covers, and great books. The cover looks great. I love that she gets into uh, Dragonborn culture, the Tieflings, the Demon Lords that are mm-hmm. attacking. It's all part of the Rage of Demons storyline uh, that we've been And she has a very here. special demon that shows up in her book. Yes, you'll find I'm out sure over the course of our conversation, I'm sure. Yes. Who the Demon Lord... Will she or won't she reveal? Will she? Will she show us all? <laughs> Will she tell us? Erin Evans tells, tells all. <laughs> but she's always very fun to talk to because... Well, she's very enthusiastic, mm-hmm. and but she also like she gets really, really, really deep into her stories and yeah. the lore, and she just you can tell that she just loves the Forgotten Realms. And I she feel just, like she will know more about uh, Dungeons and Dragons than like ninety nine percent of the people we end up talking mm-hmm, to on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yes, like she's deep dived. She is. into the lore of what's happening in the Forgotten Realms. Yes, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. very cool to talk to her and just hear where these stories are coming from. And she's not just throwing words out on a page. Like she, she, these are very thoughtful decisions that are happening. And my God, she writes a lot. I know. We have to get where her secret sauce is. You mentioned something to me earlier about some secret sauce she is. We'll yeah, get I'm to gonna that ask too. her about that. Sure. Because it's that sounded crazy to me. It sounds really crazy. Mm-hmm. But uh, before we get to talk to Aaron, we got some uh, amazing announcements to talk about. We do? We do. I don't know. I like to just talk about it. Well, this is where I get all my D&D news because (laughs) you never talk to me outside of the podcast. That's that's blatantly (laughs) false. Blatantly false. Well, uh, this uh, podcast is on iTunes, so please, if you do love it, you love the the conversations that me and Shelly have before (laughs) we talk to other people that we have other conversations with, please tell us about it in the reviews and ratings on on, uh, uh, in iTunes. The more you you tell us about, uh, get more feedback, the more we'll be able to cater to our readers. Um, So please do that. Uh, Of course, you can follow more stuff about Wizards on our Twitter handle, which Mm -hmm. is uh, Wizards uh, D and D. Uh, underscore D and D, and then Dragon Plus is a great app you can download on Google Play and iTunes. Yeah, I was gonna say. Whoa, whoa! Are you iTunes. looking at me for that answer? I was looking for you. Oh, uh, you use uh, Apple products. I'm, I do. I'm more of a Google Play person. Oh, I'm yeah, just gonna well, throw I'm that out there. Uh, but you can download that and you get all of our social channels in one place. Plus, yeah. we have bi monthly issues. Next one's coming out in right now. You'll right be able now. to listen to it right now. And might I say that you. Might want to start following us on Tumblr if you haven't already because our blog is constantly being featured by Tumblr editors. It's very cool. It's always trending. I love the the Demon Weeks that Shelly put together, uh, all the information on each Demon Lord. That was fun. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're interested in Demon Lords and what they're all about and what the Rage of Demons is happening. I mean, come on. Go to Tumblr. That's actually one of our best resources for that kind of stuff. Yeah. I like like the Tumblr. It's cool. All right, well, let's talk to Aaron M. Evans. Let's do it. And we're going to make things happen. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> now that I have a little bit of a cold, I could probably do Bert even better now. Mm, that's right. Hello. <laughs> hey, Aaron. Aaron. How's it going? Good. How are you? I am Greg, and this is Shelly. Hello. I'm acquainted with Shelly. Okay, nice yeah. to meet you, Greg. Nice to meet you too. Thank you for. Have you guys for... not met? We've never met. Really? No. Yeah. Oh. No. Except over the interwebs. Well, that's kind of. It's weird because I I used to work at Wizards, but I uh, it's I've been gone longer than I was there at this point. Really? So like, every, I know, right? It doesn't seem like it was that no. long. But every time I go, it's like there's all these people I've never seen before. <laughs> I kind of feel like that. 
too. Like, there's just a lot of people that are new, yeah. and especially in the game support area, right. they're just yeah. like children now. They're babies. <laughs> I'm not a baby, though. You yeah. don't think of me as a baby. I do. For different reasons. I'm a wizard's but... baby. <laughs> I feel like I can't, when you lowered that, I can't hear me anymore. Oh, can you not hear you? Talk more. Um, talking. Okay, that's there. Now okay. I'm back. I wasn't sure if it was me or what, no. so, okay, Okay. Cool. Greg is constantly trying to lower my volume. <laughs> can't do it, Greg. Just can't do it. It's not going to happen. I'm, I'm, I'm gaslighting you <laughs> on, on the podcast. Not happening. Uh, that yeah. was the other thing I was going to ask is that I, uh, I've had a lot of practice not cursing, but I definitely you have can. A, a saltier vocab. You do can, it. Uh, you can get salty. Natural. Okay. You're gonna need that for when the kid is is around too. Right. You're right. Swear as much as possible. <laughs> yeah. No, oh, just... he's a. Yeah, my my son's four. Oh, okay. My first son's four, so he's I I've managed not to let him pick anything up yet. How? I, so it's crazy because I seriously I have totally, definitely was like telling my husband something. I'm like, this is just such a bunch of bullshit. And my son walks in and I'm like, ah, but he didn't, he doesn't seem to pick up on it. But the one he did is actually like, I started saying crap sticks. So I wouldn't say <laughs> shit. <laughs> and now he says crap sticks. And I'm like, and now he's in preschool and they're all, all those kids fools. I'm like, ugh, somebody, he's going to say crap sticks and somebody's going to get upset because their kid's going to start saying crap yep. sticks. Oh yep. my gosh. It's kind of cute, That's though. Funny. My kids, it's my kids will just—they'll just totally say a, shit and whatever. It's it's, yeah. it's, it's out. Quinn will like, See, occasionally drop something that sounds like an f bomb, but we're like, "What? What did you just say?" And then he's, he'll like, repeat something else that's not it. But mm. I feel like he did. Right. He's practicing. He's practicing, and he says "God damn it" all the time. Mm. Like we've just given up on that. And in context, God damn it, Daniel Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> We all want to say, God damn it, Daniel Tiger. I know. Yeah. I, I, he probably did pick that one up for me. God damn it, Daniel yeah. Tiger again? Yeah. Ugh. For me, it's always Caillou. It's like, what the f***, Caillou? Seriously? <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> He's like the... Just hasn't seen Caillou yet, and I'm so glad because the oh. show is I don't even know what it is. so dumb. The kid is so dumb. What is Caillou? It's, he's a f- f- French-ish character. I think it's French-Canadian or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I don't know. But look it up on Netflix, okay. and, then you'll, and you'll hate it after that. So, Aaron, extremely whiny, extremely stupid little boy. Yeah. Oh yeah, that sounds fun. With a little sister who's like way smarter than him. Oh, I feel like he um, whines. He just whines and whines and whines. So, like what, we that. What is your what What is your son into these days? What's What's he's hot really with the four year olds? He's really into D and D. Oh. Um, I wish, I, I, I know that sounds like I'm I'm faking, but no, he loves it. Like he had a D and D themed birthday party this year. No way. That's Every, awesome. Yeah, we I made a bit of the holder pinata. <gasps> uh, you made this? Yes. Well, it, it, I made it out of like paper grocery bags with like crepe paper on top. You have you have pictures. But, God, I hope so. <laughs> we're probably gonna need those. Yeah. And a little um, how to from you. All right. Um, yeah, no. So he, yeah, his his costume this year for Halloween was his his D and D character. He basically like he sees all the source books I use when I'm working, and then he, I mean, he's probably the only kid who's like the monster manual. He's four, and the monster manual is like his favorite thing. He's memorized like the alignment of every monster. What? Um, That's so cool. Yeah. And then uh, I go, I play D&D like once a month and he was getting so mad at me for leaving. Like he, he's only started, Susan is my DM and he's only started to like, kind of like Susan again. Cause he's like, cause she takes you away. Oh Aww. no. He's, he's like, I'll come too. I'll come too. I'm like, it's your bedtime. So no. Um, so I started doing like a thing where I tell him this, tell him a story and just let him decide what to do. Um, which rapidly turned into him like taking over and telling me what was going to happen like now all of a sudden he has he's his, his character is called Issy the tiefling fighter uh Issy and he's got uh Issy suddenly has tentacles so he could have two swords and two spears um cool. also he's at, smart <laughs> at some point he developed magical powers and he has um 
like a spell that will turn him into one of four monsters and also an uh, instant teleportation and um oh yeah a spell that can beat any monster so you're basically you're 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 raising a power gamer it sounds like yeah <laughs> every time i try to like like i'll be like no that doesn't work because of this he's like yes it does i'm like no it doesn't oh we've no, all played D with that kid totally. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds awesome i love this delightful that is so cool. That, he really likes board games in general so has have you played like a I mean, Susan's kind of, this is Susan Morris we're talking about, so she's written some child-friendly adventures for us, Heroes of Hesiod oh, yeah. and um, the, the Elemental Evil-themed mm-hmm. one. Has yes, she, we, have you run him through those? Yes, both of them. He loves those. He's, uh, it, it's a little hard for him because like, kids his age generally aren't up for sitting still for that long. Yeah. So every time there's enough adults, he tries to rope him into playing Heroes of Hesiod. Um, he just calls both of them heroes of Hesiod. Um, <laughs> I think I do too, actually. <laughs> I, I think he has. A, I think he has a slight preference for the second one because the first one. I think because the first one was based on a short story. It's a little more like you kill the monsters. Although now I don't know. Sometimes he can be so bloodthirsty. You'd think little kids would be just sweet. And, yeah, they would feel power. Right. No, he lo- he loves he loves to talk about killing monsters. I'm like, don't say that. Don't say that at preschool. Okay, let's not talk about stabbing. <laughs> yeah. Or don't don't talk about I, your swords and all that stuff that you're playing at home. <laughs> my my, yeah, my four year old daughter will say, "Can you dead him? Can you make him dead? Can you dead him?" Like, oh, I don't want to be like, no, the correct word is kill. Right. Yeah. It's murder. <laughs> yeah. Murder. Yes. Let's let's get. The story. I try to make it like so that that's not the that's not the best solution. That right. he really he needs to like talk to the monster because he needs to get something from it or he needs to make a trade but he's usually like looking for a way to like just kill it (laughs) but i figure at some point like they're you know it's a way to sort of take a little power back because you're four you've got nothing right um and you know he's he like when he first started looking like at the monster manual and stuff he would be a little little scared of monsters so i told him that that there's no monsters allowed in the city of Redmond. Oh. That they turn them away at the at the border. <laughs> but even if there were, even a monster got in the house, I know how to, I know how to beat every monster. So he's in luck. And so he just like, like it's sort of, like he he's got control over it. So we don't get the like ah there's something in my closet kind of feeling mm. because like he's got this imagination of like imaginary way of like how he'd beat any monster, oh. and you know uh, fail safe. You know, there's a city ordinance, so. <laughs> sounds like a kid book in the making. Right. <laughs> have you thought about writing any children's books? I mean, you have kids. You know, you're a writer. Not, not, like, specifically. Like, this this series takes a lot of my brain space. Yeah. But uh, it, I think it would be really fun. And the thing, too, about that I realize as a parent, you guys probably agree, could probably agree, is, like, you think, you know, you look at kids' books and you're like, there's like 30 words in this thing. Like, oh, I know. I can do this. And for a writer that. too, you're like, there's 30 words in this thing and you got paid the same probably that I did for a 200,000 word book. <laughs> but then like a good kid's book is, I mean, it's like, a, it's magical. It is. Right? It's a gem. And, it's, and I'm not a good judge of what is a good kid book because I'm reading some of these and I'm like, oh, this book sucks. I'm going to put the tuck this in the back of the bookshelf. And he will go Pull after that. And he's like, I want to read this one. <laughs> Isn't that the worst? Yeah. Like, it's not... I don't understand why it's good. But, like, I don't even understand how, like, a good editor or a good publisher recognizes it's a good book unless they're four-year-olds because it goes right over my head. Some of them act like (laughs) four-year-olds. So, like, the ones that that sort of have whatever it is that the kids like, right? There's something about it the kids are really into. But then parents are like, this is fun to read. Yes. You know, yeah. or even on top of that, it's fun to read, and I feel like you're getting something out of this. Like yes. he got a book for his day called um, "Rosie Revere Engineer," and one, it's written in verse, but it actually is metered properly. I can't stand it when you read rhyming kids' books, and it just like there's this horrible flopping poem. Yeah. With too many <laughs> so it's, it's really tight and it's cute. It's about a little girl who does like makes inventions and stuff, but then her inventions. One day she makes one and her uncle laughs at her because she makes it with like like a helicopter hat with cheese whiz or something, hmm. and so she stops because she messed up. Oh, and but then like she tried to decide 
to try again for someone else and and again the grown-up laughs at her but she says that's what you know then she says that's wonderful what a great first try like it didn't work but it started to work right now we know what we can do differently and so it's like hey there's this wonderful message in here that that you know you've got to you've got to try first right yeah messing up is part of creating anything great um it's it's really prettily the illustrator's really good does a really good job and then it's like you know, it's fun to read. And there's funny parts in there that she's with spraying around. He loves it. So it's like, I like reading <laughs> yeah. this. He likes reading this. And I'm thinking like, you know, we're getting get invited to more birthday parties for sure this year, right? I'm bringing these books as the present, right? Then, And to me, that seems like if you're a publisher, that's what you want is that yeah. sort of like fit it to everybody. The kid loves it. The parents love it. And it's something they want to spread around. Yeah. So you look at it and I mean, this is kind of the thing too, like, you know, you hear people sometimes talk about um, like how many short stories, how short stories are like practice for novels or I've had people tell me, you know, Oh, you've written a novel. Well, I've written, you know, I've, I've run seven games and written all this stuff for it. And it's like, they're they're not, it's interesting because you look at those different formats and they're not really equivalent. Like just because you can do one thing doesn't mean you can necessarily do the other. Mm-mm. Like you, maybe you, you have the base skills so you can think like, well, okay, if I can write a novel and do the world building, then I could probably do the world building part of a game setting. But um, for if, if you're going to like run a game that, but then either there's other, there's other skills in there that you have to build up and learn and, and kind of vice versa. Like, you know, if you're going to, um, if you're going to write a short story, like you have to figure out how to make that story progress and get interesting over a lot more words yeah. without being boring in the middle. I think short stories are really hard to write. Like you said, yeah, like it's, it's very, there's different skill sets and everything. And short stories are just, it's hard. It's hard to be interesting in mm-hmm. like shorter words. Every, every sentence has to do like three things, I feel like. Yeah. 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 That makes it tough because you have to, uh, uh, I mean, I don't, I, I like, longer form fantasy novels because you have the continuing world building like you were just talking about but mm-hmm. the short story it's like it's so compacted so you have to like get the world and then get the plot and then it's over yeah uh so it's a good exercise i guess yeah. for a novel writer to try to really hone in on what they're trying to say same with twitter yeah. twitter's also very good for that <laughs> twitter's very good for that like constantly like uh, 260 characters over my tweet. You're constantly what? practicing sentences <laughs> for your minute. novels. You're yeah, like, I just put it like, on Twitter first. Here's some dialogue. Do you guys like it? No context. <laughs> <laughs> but Aaron, speaking of writing and your new novel that's coming out, maybe we should talk about that. Oh, this is like a good idea. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Way to take the bait there. Yeah, <laughs> like, how about that? Yeah. Um, Ashes of the Tyrant. Yes. Love the cover. And I am one who judges books by their cover. Sorry. <laughs> you're, you're a terrible person. Yeah, you're admitting us. It. It's, it's, I always think it's funny you see the cover because you, like, I, I get so nervous when I, when, so, when they send me the covers because I'm like, oh, gosh, what's going to happen? And, <laughs> and, you know, your first instinct is to, like, find all the things that are kind of not quite right. But then the more you look at it, the more you're like, this is actually really cool and and i i always feel like like one thing i know when i i used to be an editor for watsi and sometimes authors would be like well this doesn't look exactly like it happens in the book but one thing i think is cool is letting the artist sort of um like they know what makes it a good picture right right that's that's what they're there for that's their job (laughs) it is hard make cool words and like give you an idea and to give you imagery so like the cover of ashes of the tyrant i think is really cool and it's completely not in the book that is nothing that happens in the book <laughs> sometimes those are the best ones though the ones that like kind of take yeah. a, a a concept or an idea and and just display that for the the potential reader mm-hmm. in a bookstore and then that's yeah. what gets them into to picking it up and reading it so tell us a little yeah. bit about the the process of, of writing this one this is uh the uh, a book in a series so it's not quite you know you, like you're starting from ground zero with this one yeah, this one was interesting. Um, there, so it's the fifth book in the series. Um, it's the book that takes the characters. There's sort of two storylines that interweave because the characters have been divided in the in Fire and the Blood. They sort of split into two groups. Um, so one group goes to with Farida goes to Jared Thymar, which is the capital city of the Dragonborn Nation of Timanther, um, and Farida is adopted her father is a dragonborn who was exiled um by his father so 
one of the really neat things that I got to do is sort of um, flesh out the dragonborn culture in Faerun, um, which had been, you know, kind of worked with a little bit, but uh, I, you know, there's, there's all sorts of, this, this sort of delves more into the social aspects. So, so there was a lot more room to play with. Um, and then the other half of it, it ties, and, and some of, some of this happens too, because they get there and it turns out that, um, there's there's been a, a pretty gruesome murder and there's every indication that a demon is involved. Um, and then the other storyline uh, involves uh, the Gentarum and uh, the Harper character, Dal Peridor, uh, The and, and something has happened to a Gentarum outpost. Um, and if... Actually, I take that back. I was going to say, if you read the sample chapter, um, <laughs> you might be able to guess what, but they actually decided... Hello? Did we lose you? I'm still here. Oh, okay. What, what? Can you hear me? Yeah, you we dropped heard. off there. They actually decided. Da, da, what, da. Aaron? What? It was a cliffhanger. <laughs> it was a cliffhanger. What did they decide? Oh, I was just saying they pulled. They put up the sample chapter, and the prologue isn't in the sample chapter. And if you read the prologue, and you're really kind of up on your lore, you could probably guess the cause of the um, the Jintarum outpost disappearing. Um, but that's not there to read. So. Okay, so people will have to. So, <laughs> figure you, it have out. To, you guys you have, have to buy the book. Maybe. Yeah. You have to buy it. So, uh, are you? That, so that part was sort of handed to me, and they said, you know, you we we're we're doing this story arc with with demon lords and 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 the underdark, and um, we think this one would be a good fit for you. So it's a little more. I feel like it's more tied into uh, what the RPG storyline is doing, and it like you know they're doing this, and they say here have this. Then I've worked with previously, so it was a little bit different to work on. Did you? Uh, what was that like? What was that process like talking to uh, the story team here at the at the D and D offices? Did you get to talk to, to Chris Perkins and kind of figure out? Other, <laughs> well, other than them assigning, like, hey, go ahead and, and do it, this, Demon I Lord. Mean, it, was, it was less. It was less interactive than like with the Sundering and things. There wasn't. Um, I wasn't involved in like a story summit, but I did have lunch with them, and they sort of presented. I guess I think I've said it before, but so Gratz is the character in the book, mm. and. Um, they originally they said it and I was like, here's the problem. I really don't like grass. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting writing challenge. I, yeah. And then they were open to me picking something else, but he was one of the demon lords that they were kind of interested in pushing forward. But during the course of the conversation, um, I kind of realized that, and this happens, I feel like this happens every time I'm like, no, I don't like this. I'm not going to write about this kind of thing. Um, like, I, like with Fire in the Blood, it takes place in Cormier, and I Cormier is one of those places I looked at and went, nope. Uh, it's just got so much lore, and it's, you know, I like weird stuff, and it's kind of like a traditional fantasy kind of place. Yeah. Um, but I loved writing that book, and I think it worked out really well. Um, so it's kind of the same thing. Like, I, I, like, originally I was like, Grass is hard because he's a demon, but he acts like a devil in a lot of ways. And so how do you meaningfully say this is different? Um, and, you know, there's a feeling of like he's the sexy fiendish guy and I don't really want to be. I kind of already am like the sexy fiendish guy writer. <laughs> I think well, that's you... why they said it really. So it actually like during the course of that lunch and just talking about it, I, I realized like, no, actually I think I could, I could be really happy with this. I could do something pretty cool. So I, I, I think it worked out. <laughs> I, I'm excited for, for readers to, to check it out too. Did you, so I, I want to go back a little bit to something where you said where you initially yeah. didn't like Grast uh, yeah. or, or, and I guess he's, I mean, maybe I'm, I, I'm, supposing too much but if he's the villain in this story do you want to like your villain is it better to hate your oh. villain kind of you know how does that work into no, into how you write I, it i think there's sort of two ways to do it at least two ways i do it one is you have a villain um who you you kind of understand because i think there's something really scary about reading about someone and sort of being able to say uh i un like i kind of get it or kind of get your point right um you know worse if you can actually start to agree with them and then like stop and look and go oh my god like i'm i'm sympathizing with someone who's advocating you know genocide or or that you know we 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 um I'm trying to think of a good example. Like in 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 the series, right? Like Lorcan is a good example. He's not exactly the villain, but he's not a good guy. Um, but my kind of goal was to sort of manipulate the reader into to thinking like, well, but but maybe he's got redeeming values and he's you know he could become good and and maybe he can 
again, right? People change, but that you kind of look at it and go like, this isn't some, some like creepy other that exists over there that I don't have to worry about. Like this could be in me. I could become someone like this. You know, that's, I think if, if you do that right, if you handle it well, then that can be kind of an interesting experience and it can feel a little more like bring up a lot more tension. Um, and then I think the other side of it is, you know, you have a villain that's, you know a little more of a force of nature like you're not trying mm -hmm. to get in their head and and in that case you know you don't you you do want it to kind of embody scary things but it, it to me that has to be something that is genuinely scary um in um the adversary the villain in the adversary is a, a netherese arcanist called a dalekin rand who's like very clearly a predator he's he's i really hated writing him <laughs> he just freaked out so bad um, and so for, and, but, but like you have to, it, like as the writer, if you're not scared of that, if that doesn't feel like if you can't kind of channel that feeling, then it doesn't come together very well. Um, and yeah. I think for me, the feeling, the thing I kind of took with Gratz is he's, and I, <laughs> I, I said this, I said this in the, the dragon interview, so hopefully it's not too repetitive, but, um, <laughs> Like he's he's got all this this stuff for like is the the sexy stuff right the coven and and um, I don't you, you, oh man Eagle Wiv I can't say her name I can spell it right every time but I can't say her name no that's okay uh, and and that's the thing about like having all these these succubi and 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 half half fiends and things um, and he's he's sort of in in some sources he's sort of like this patron of tyranny which feels weird because that's sort of more the devil side but you you know there's there's lore that says he was a devil he became a demon he switched sides um and the thing i think that makes sense to me made him make sense is that so where devils sort of exist in a hierarchy um and that hierarchy you know there's ambition within it but but it's it's the way that you have a hierarchy like if you're monkeys or something right that you you fit somewhere in there and there's that sort of add stability, right? You're going to jump up if you can, but you're not going to spend all your time doing it because you know where you belong. Right. Um, whereas Gratz kind of takes that and perverts it. And it's the same kind of thing where, you know, we talk about uh, people being alphas and you're always trying to like get to the top and nature tooth and claw, um, which is a little, I think it's kind of an exaggeration and a little bit, you know, as people, it becomes kind of a perversion of it where you have Gratz just sort of like super violent and sex as a weapon and, and encouraging you to kind of, you know, you know, it's that feeling when you just get so mad, you want to punch someone in the face and there's like not even, not, you're not even thinking about consequences. You're just thinking about like showing somebody that you're dominant, that, that like lizard brain urge. Right. Mm. So that to me puts all those things together and it feels demonic because like to me, when, when you're thinking about demons um, from a story perspective, like it, they can really easily bleed into devils and be very similar. But I think with demons, you have to have, characters that aren't aren't thinking about self-preservation right like that that fundamentally like they're gonna do the the sort of terrible thing and not necessarily think about the consequences whereas devils are gonna think about the consequences and maybe avoid doing the terrible thing because it will hurt them in the end right, right? there's like almost like a self-destructive kind of chaotic yeah. uh, feel from the demons where whereas the, the devils have uh, a society set in place Exactly, exactly. So like that's that sort of takes that the sort of thing that's really um, iconic about devils, the hierarchy. And it's like, how could you break this in a way that it's it, I mean, it's sort of a corrupted hierarchy almost, even though this is already it wouldn't necessarily say that wasn't corrupt. Um, and that I think that if you could put if you're going to like try to portray um, a demon lord, finding a way to make them like, I mean, it's sort of like, the, you know, they, they say like you have two people pointing guns at each other and one of them is crazy, right? The, you, you can't trust the crazy guy not to shoot you just because you have the gun and then mm -hmm. you add demons and it's like, okay, and he's got bullets covered in Ebola, right? <laughs> and, and one out of the four of them is going to, one of the six of them is going to explode over both of you. It's like, and you, you cannot trust that guy's not going to shoot. And that's the kind of thing is like, you just have to like, you strip away all those <laughs> filters of like self-preservation and, you know, you can kind of portray this thing that's so alien that you can't really assume it's going to think like a human. And that right? kind of crazy standoff is what happens throughout your entire book. <laughs> it's constant. Constant Ebola uh, bullets. Ebola bullets. <laughs> Exploding so all over. What you're saying is these demons are 
remarkably similar to toddlers. <laughs> <laughs> They're just self-destructive without fear of consequences. I guess that's true. Kind of. Yeah. And big, so you can't just like haul them, you know, back to the abyss and put them in timeout. Nope, unless, no timeout. Unless you yourself are a bigger demon. Hmm. That's true. That's right. Aaron, so do you have, a, is there a, a demon that you kind of gravitate towards? Do you like any of any demons that kind of stand out to you or speak to you? I, uh, Bator for life. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> honestly, if I, if I were to, I, I think Pale Knight is really interesting. Um, I don't know that she would fit in the story as well as Gratz ended up. Um, and I, I, I like the succubi. I like the succubi the way they are in th- fifth edition because it's, I think it, it kind of lets them be everything they are. Um, and, and in the, in the lore, there's, there's actually four succubus queens, but I don't, I don't get one of them, but um, there's like Shami Amore and uh, Malkenthet and Zinevri, I think. And mm-hmm. I, I think it would be cool. It's cool. It would be cool. I don't know if this is, I've mentioned this before, but I think it would be cool if you have Shami Amore being sort of the queen of the succubi in the hell, in the abyss, and Malkanthed is in the hells, and then Zinevre is sort of the floater in the middle, and they all are like, no, 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 I'm the true queen of the succubi, screw that bitch. Um, but, but there's no way to know for sure they're not actually working together. Um, and then since they're, all- they're shape changers, right? So it's like, how do you know that the succubi that is totally your ally right now, the succubus that's totally your ally, wasn't the one who was attacking you in this sort of blood war skirmish a week ago? There's no way to know. Mm. Um, but, you know, they're really valuable. They can do a lot of things. So they're like, they, it's kind of nice because they are more ordered and, and and they do sort of seem to have a longer term view, long, long term view um, that doesn't necessarily fit that lack of self-preservation model, but they're sort of too chaotic to sort of say, yeah, no, that's totally a devil. It's kind of nice to kind of put them in that space in the middle. So I think if they said, you know, hey, pick whatever you want, write a story just about a demon lord, I would pick the succubi queens. Mm, Interesting. So like, I mean, listening to you talk, it's clear you really get into your work. Like you're really (laughs) thinking about like every aspect you are deeply immersed in this world and then you close the door to your office and you're a mom like how do you what what's the how do you turn things on and off because you work from home for one thing so what what is the process like for you I'm not good at turning it off honestly except (laughs) um (laughs) you know there is a certain amount of like like in a vacuum I I like if I'm doing doing the grocery store and stuff I'm my head's in Faerun like, I mean, and, and part of that is like, these are big books, right? I, I hope people appreciate it and aren't really annoyed by it, but they're big books. And so there's a lot of story and there's, I write a lot of words and, and, and so there's a lot of thinking going on. Um, so like I'm at the grocery store and I'm thinking about, you know, what a fight scene between, um, you know, this, dragonborn and demons and stuff would look like and or or whatever or, you know <laughs> breaking down doing a psychological study of grats in my head or whatever um, but so awesome. the thing about having a kid right is that like especially a four-year-old especially a four-year-old who really loves attention is that you you kind of don't have a choice almost right when he's like okay now me you're like okay now you um, <laughs> i have i am i am not you know shameless or i am I have, I'm shameless enough to have said to my son, what do you think should happen next in this book? Kids have great imaginations. You never yeah. know where he yeah. would take the story. And I think, you know, he, he tends to, I think there was one time where I explained something to him. I don't remember the specific scene, but I know I explained something to him and he was like, I was like, but they don't know this. And he's like, well, I think they have to figure that out, right? <laughs> it's the adorable thing is that like, he, he loves being involved so much. So, that to me, like more than you know, getting a, a really great idea from my my four year old. Okay, so in all your spare time, this is what I would love for you to do. Yeah, take like, the, the premise of like the adversary or something. Yeah, and then start telling him the story, <laughs> and then be like, and then what happens? And then that let and then just like keep feeding it to him and letting him just decide where the story goes. I'd love to hear his That's version good. of it. <laughs> I um he asked me before what what my Farida books are about. And I have told him 
um, the story of I think almost I think all of them, but it's it's very much abridged. So like um, in Brimstone Angels, it's I basically just there's a scene where an owl bear chases Farida and Bryn. And so I tell him the story about the owlbear chasing them. So he that's the whole plot. Because I, I didn't know how to get into, like, you know, Ashmedai cultists. Right. And murder. And, yeah. and stuff. And then, like, Lesser Evils is, like, half the second half of the book. He, he, um, he, he's got basically the, the, you know, the bulk of that. Um, An adversary is literally just there's a flashback where um farida because there's this weird stuff that they can drink and they have these weird visions that other people so people can see like see into your past and um get the answers to questions by it's i don't know it makes sense if you read the book read the book (laughs) (laughs) so there's this point where farida drinks this stuff and and ends up seeing herself as a little girl with havilar in their village they grew up in and havilar is trying to like there's the fence, the wall around the city is broke. The village is broken and they're fixing it. And she's like trying to like push this log out of the way so she can sneak out and it falls on her. Right. So this is, this is what he thinks the adversary is about. Havilar had a tree fall on her and broke her arm. Oh, that's <laughs> and then awesome. He had to get it in a sling. I feel like I have to do um, that for like almost every, every I know. property. I feel like I, this could right? be like a funny YouTube series. But you're doing it for your own thing. That's even funnier. <laughs> yeah. you, know, like, you know, like um, drunk history. So, yeah. Yeah. Like just do like, just have toddlers not obviously give them alcohol. They don't need it. <laughs> right. But just have them retell famous stories. <laughs> famous D&D stories. Yes. Yes. I love it. Are you still using that that crazy word program that like eats your words if you don't start typing within. How else sent- do I finish these books? Are you serious? Do you did yeah. you do you know about this? Tina? No. What is this? Erin is she's crazy. This it's is how called, she cranks out all these words. It's called write or die. So you set it with a word count, like how many words you want to write in a session, and a time limit, and then you start it and you you start writing, and if you stop. It will, you can, I mean, it has lots of different settings, right? So if you stop, basically, it makes something bad happen. They have another setting where, like, if you keep going, it will show you pictures of kittens and things. Oh but I, I know my, I know my witnesses. So, um, <laughs> rewards you know, you with distraction. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, oh. But, um, so if you stop, like, it'll start, the screen will start turning red. Um, the, the gentlest version, a little window pops up and says, hey, you need to keep writing. Um, the tougher one, it shows you a picture of a spider, Ooh. like bouncing around. Um, but the one I, I use kamikaze mode. Oh my god! So if you stop writing and you don't start when the the screen starts turning red, it starts deleting what you did. So you wow. have to. Uh, keep I know. It's hardcore. Deleting from the beginning or from the end? No, from the end. Oh. From the end, from wherever your cursor is sitting. So how much time before it starts deleting? It, there's there's like a scale, so you can you can set it to be. Pretty What's the general. setting that you use? Yeah, what do you have it on? Uh, let me see. Um, it's I have it on a kind of a medium setting, I think. Uh, That's crazy, uh, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so I I have it a little bit gentle. It's it's kind of two thirds of the way to the end. All right. So like uh, after like thirty seconds, it'll start to erase or. Yeah, maybe time. like thirty forty five. <laughs> Are you, are you cutting yourself a little slack just due to the fact that you could go into labor at any minute? <laughs> well, you, it, has, it also has a thing. Like, it has, it has more settings. Like, if, if you just – you can't – because this is the thing, right? Like, I think it's really easy to psych yourself out when you're writing. And mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's pretty silly because, like, your whatever is in your head is not perfect. You think it is. And then you, when you write it down, you know, it, it looks clunky and awkward. But you can work with clunky and awkward. You right. can't work with blank page, right? Right. So it's it's really tempting, especially, you know, with other stuff going on. And you start to go like, oh, I just don't – oh, it's not going to be perfect. It's like, fine. It's not going to be perfect. It's going to be shit. Just write it down. Yep. Um, and so, you know, you get it all out. So there's – but there's more. And I, and if I, if I get, like, fidgety and I don't finish – the the word count and stuff there's the setting called typewriter mode where you can't go back you can't do delete you just have to make oh, those typos that's a good idea oh it's so hard that's i hate that one i um, I, but a- I feel like i've spent most of my time deleting when i'm type when i'm writing right? something i spent most of my time self-editing I spend most of my time on the internet <laughs> that's why see the cute I need cat really pictures good would be good for you. Rough room. what's a good name for a cat google what's a good name for a cat <laughs> 
come on. Three hours later. <laughs> right. You're like, look just at these write, cats. Just write boo-boo. So like, Who cares? Like you're saying, Aaron, you can go back and fix anything. You can't fix mm-hmm. a blank page. Yeah. I feel like that would be great for like uh, those uh, November National Novel Writing mm-hmm. Month writers. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Yeah. That is, but it's, I, I think if, I, if I'm using that, it doubles my speed. That's oh. crazy. Really? Jeez. So, yeah. They're already fast. <laughs> It's you funny because find... I don't feel fast. Like there's, I I'm friends with so many other. Well, I'm friends with other authors. I don't know how many. I, I can think of two that are like crazy. Three. Ed Ed writes. Well, Ed he's write. kind of just. Not. <laughs> he's crazy. He's crazy. He's, he's crazy. He's magic. He's also possibly magic. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and and but then like I also have to remind myself like their books are usually half as big as mine because I I pick a big story. The next one won't be. It won't be. The next one won't be as long. I promise. I, I, I think. I think readers uh, appreciate that. Yeah, I, I don't, don't sell yourself short. I think having having big long books is uh, uh, there's there's fantasy I authors that just that. definitely love that. Yeah. yeah. I think the production people might be slightly frustrated. Please, you're 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 nothing, you're nothing like George R. R. Martin, who's leaving people hanging for years. You're not going to do that. Yeah, at least you you keep writing every year. <laughs> yeah. What is the name of this program? I think. It, this could be a good Christmas it, present. It's called Write or Die. Oh, that's right. Write, write or Die. Or yeah. Die. Okay. Oh, and you can also disable surrender. So you can't say, okay, I'm done. Like, quit quit out of this. Save it. Um, which normally you can. Like, you can stop in the middle if you need to. So if mm-hmm. I did go into labor, I okay, could just, <laughs> out, out. Keep hitting save. Uh, save. <laughs> but, yeah, if you're if you're just like, I'm not, I, I need crack the whip more, you can, you can turn that off too. But, nice. yeah, I... I I am I am like you, Shelly. I'm very distractible given the opportunity. So oh, yeah, I have the uh, I have a little program to turn off the internet, and yeah. I have write or die. And no. between the two of them, I usually it makes it so I can get stuff done instead of you know reading web comics or yep. or whatever. Looking at kittens. <laughs> Silly Twitter. No. So uh, you mentioned you were playing in a a monthly D and D. Campaign. How's that going? Who's uh, who's who's your DM? Who's how, what's happening in, in your story right now? My editor is my DM. Isn't that weird? Mm, that's oh, interesting. nice. Interesting relationship. Uh, it, it, uh, it works out well because I I feel like we we kind of think the same about story. Um, and so that that I mean, like she usually kind of understands what I'm going for. So if I turn in a draft and it, it's and and like let's be real, first drafts are never working. Um, <laughs> Then you know she's she can kind of see where I'm going and get it and and she she runs a game that is of a type I really enjoy like you know the more I kind of play with other people and watch other people play like I really like a, a game that's got a lot of puzzles to it where you're encouraged to talk to the NPCs like like there's a role like it's not just like oh you know you walk up and they say I used to be an adventurer I took an arrow to the knee right. there's like you know there's something there like you can get some information that will make your process easier. Um, if you can and, suss it out of them. Yeah. Um, so it's a homebrew campaign, like a, a homebrew world. And, uh, I play a paladin. Um, and, and part of what's fun too, is I went into this with, without a whole lot of backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I had, I was like a half elf and the elves live on some Island. So like my mother was an elf and she left and, and my father's a merchant and that's why I had these other things. I, I don't remember what it was. And since then, Susan has been doing things that make me think, well, no, I know. I know she's got more to my backstory than I realize. And I'm I'm not sure, but I might be the descendant of this crazy evil wizard who is a deva but looked uh, like an elf. And also I might be the reincarnation of this, like, crazy this paladin lady that went crazy and started leading an army of zombies called the pale empress because i have this sword that mm. controls zombies but also eats some of my soul when i turn it on <laughs> oh. some, dude, some dude tried to kill me at a costume party and i killed him instead and then he came back and he told me that that keeps that's going to keep happening so if i die i'll come back and i'm like what is even going on and the great thing the thing i really love is like this is all really interesting and it's and there is a certain it feels a little bit like if I had put more like thought into this then possibly, you know, possibly I wouldn't have gotten to play with this craziness. Um but it's also entirely possible that none of this is true, right? Yeah. Um it's a really 
I don't know. It's a it's a really deft tapestry. It's an, it's fun to play and I and love... it's fun too because it's like a good balance of like serious and and really ridiculous. Like our ranger is a dragonborn, and at some point we were so we were we like beat up some orc guards and they were, were talking about romance novels <laughs> and we were saying, oh yeah, are you going to pick them up? So now he collects romance novels. Like that's a thing he just did for his character because she put that in there. Like you do. And, and so now like we all look forward to like what's Zamben's next title. The last one he picked up was, um, but you're a troll. <laughs> <laughs> I love how when you were well, talking about it no too, bounds. like your, your voice got pitched higher and higher and higher as the more ridiculous kind of, <laughs> Details started coming out. It like I could feel your your excitement was infectious there. I feel like Susan's trying out some story potential novel storylines on you guys. I See what so. sticks. That's yeah. must that yep. must be it. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Workshopping I was, through D and D sessions. <laughs> I was in her group for um for Extra Life, um, which was a lot of fun because it, it was that same kind of like you know, there was a, a kind of a feel almost of like a murder mystery where you're like, you go in and you don't really know what's going on and you have to kind of pick up clues and figure it out, which I, there's like a puzzle to it. It was really fun. Um, but that meant, you know, there's a little less combat, but it was also fun because she packed it with like brimstone angels, Easter eggs and, um, and also like little references to our home game. Mm -hmm. And she told me later she did that because she was hoping that I would crack Ah. on because it's so hard like and this is something too i like i've played games in the forgotten realms before and it's hard because like when you spend this much time there you know so much stuff that your character wouldn't know right it's like if you're you know if you're playing you know if you're just playing some random tiefling from the sticks and you're like Oh, this don't touch that zombie it's a oh no i've forgotten exactly what they're called but there's that cold zombie um, and you touch it and they'll suck your, your heat out, mm. um, or something like that. Right. You know, your character doesn't have the monster manual memorized, right. But for certain given patches of the monster manual, I do. So I have to be like, okay, I'm just going to pretend I don't know this. And I'm yeah. not good at that. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's always hard to, to, hard. to, to play that way, but it's, it's more fun. That's why it's almost sometimes more fun to have like, you know, like you were saying, talking, playing with kids or playing with people who yeah. are not familiar with the monster manual because they don't know, they don't right. know about uh, what a gelatinous cube is or, or that a rust monster is going to eat your stuff. Like, you know, the, right? all the common things that, you know, after you've played for a few years, you're just common knowledge. But, you know, they don't know. They just are scared by something that's going to eat their equipment. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> well, I'm excited. I'm excited for, for uh, Ashes of the Tyrant to come out. Yeah. Uh, uh, December 29th, We'll correct? make a great Christmas yes. present or ho- any holiday yes. gift. Ask for, ask for a gift card. and Yep, cash it in. Perfect use. Absolutely. So cool. It was really great talking to you, Aaron. It was great talking to you guys too. So where else can people find you online when you're not I... busy writing and mothering? And... <laughs> um, uh, my blog is slushlush.com. Um, if you go there right now, I have um, several entries about Dragonborn culture because oh. I think people have caught into the fact that I'm really obsessed with Dragonborn. So I have a lot of posts about that. Nice. Um, I'm also on Twitter. Uh, and Facebook, both of them, just my, my name, Aaron, Aaron M. M. Evans. Yeah. Not Aaron Evans. That's somebody else. Yes. We don't like her. (laughs) I keep getting, I keep getting this, this is another author and she writes, um, she writes books, uh, that are sort of, I don't know if I guess they're sort of urban fantasy, paranormal romance, but they're about a stay at home mom. Who's also a mermaid. Whoa. It's weird that you guys are both writers. Yeah. yeah. So there's been a couple times where someone sort of looked at her, and I, I, you know, I don't know how much of that's like, 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 uh, you know, a tie-in snobbery thing, but they look at hers and they put her bibliography on onto my name at the top, and I'm like, I didn't, I didn't write these books. <laughs> oh my God. That's not what I do. Like, that's not so, me. Well, that's funny. Oh. Well, to we, <laughs> apologies to Aaron Evans, but you know this is Aaron M. Evans that is the the way cooler one in my book. Oh, thank you. Yeah, very cool. All right, well, thank you. When is your due date anyway? For baby? Yeah, uh, December fifteenth. Oh, we are coming right up on that. Right, yeah. giving birth to a baby and a book at the same time. I know. Twinsies. It's actually kind of what happened with Twinsies. the last one. Like Brimstone Angels came out. Uh, I think the week before my son did. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Good timing. Good turn of phrase there, too. 
Well, it was great talking to you, and uh, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. And everybody, check out uh, Ash of the Tyrant when it comes out December 29th. Cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Bye. Aaron. All right, that was really great talking. I think I'm really high. This is, I'm it's to be a, heard. This, is a, this is a result of, of Aaron's enthusiasm. I, enthusiasm. All the voices gone. <laughs> and then this happened. And then this happened. And, and, and I can't pronounce words. Oh, my God. Oh. Poor. And I started the podcast. Poor Ryan and so. Gabe who have to listen to these very, very high-pitched squealings that we're doing over here. I know. It's probably oh all they hear for an hour is just. But that was really great talking to Aaron about all of her process. That I crazy, told you, yes. That program, uh, Ride or Die. I uh, wouldn't do it. I, See, this is exactly why I have a personal trainer mm. because I won't make myself do push ups. So I'm not going to do anything. You need a personal writer trainer. But I don't. Who's like, you got to write more. I, that Finish is, this that paragraph. Is exactly the equivalent. Get of your that. button gear. If, if that thing started deleting words, I would go into a panic. And I wouldn't know how to shut, shut it down. It down. Shut and it down. I wouldn't even think, like, just start writing again. I would just scream, just like, like, flail my arms. Press the power button on your <laughs> laptop. Yeah. Yeah. Get out, get out of there. <laughs> get out of there. <laughs> Throw it out the window. Wake up my son. Everything would Well, it's, every writer's different. It's cool that she's got the process that worked for her. That sounded so neat. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I think I might, I might check it out. And I'm going to check out Ashes of the Tyrant. Oh, for sure. Yeah. December yeah. 29th. Buy it for your friends. And read a sample champ. What is I? A sample chapter. Lost my words. We have a sample chapter up on the Dungeons and Dragons website. That's what we call them. Which we can do. You can chomp your bit on that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, make it a thing. So yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, if you enjoyed that, uh, I mentioned this in the intro. But uh, hey, I'll do it now too. Please <laughs> give us a rating. Give us a punish a, those a, people that have review. actually yeah. stayed and listened for the whole. No, podcast. Just, it's, it's all about reminding because they don't even <laughs> listen to the beginning part. I'm just making sure they hear it. Um, also on uh, Twitch, we're on twitch.tv. Uh, I've been doing some out of the abyss with some demon lords happening, some dungeon mastering that I'm doing on my yep. own. But we'll be doing more uh, in 2016. So please follow us there, and you get updates of when we're going live. Make it happen. Make it happen. All right, that was awesome. Yep. Until next time. Thank you, Shelly, for talking to me for this long. You're a good person. You are a good person, too. Let's roll. Let's not talk again for another week. Wait, you're not actually a good person, it turns out. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.